It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Well, they had a reunion in the weekend, the 2003 Silver Ferns, and just listening to that music, they probably would have got down to that in the weekend and celebrated. Now, before we catch up with the captain of that squad, let's just revisit some highlights from that final. Well, we're underway. This is the match that they've waited for for four years. As the turnover comes against New Zealand, they waste the first centre of the match. Into the corner, quick hands, beautiful hands from Temapara Clark to find Van Dyke. As close as you can be, the lead now three for New Zealand. New Zealand have scored the last five on the trot, so after a slow start, the Silver Ferns now on a roll. So a reprieve for Australia. The world champions go to the post. The initial distance. That's one back. That's the use of the first turnover. Australia will have the centre to follow. Is that a warning? That is repeated. Is it a warning? She walks to the umpire. Two goals send off. Sensational stop from Kingston, Jamaica. A two goal send off for the New Zealand centre. They will be forced to make one change to cover the centre position as Clark just loses the boundary on what is a challenge and what is against the rules. As Australia equalises, 40 apiece. New Zealand playing without a wing defence. As Colling Hall's won in nicely. Well, this could well spur the Silver Ferns more than anything to be determined not to relinquish this game. Neil left the court at three-quarter time. Cox on for her. And New Zealand seemed determined to make this match their own. New Zealand have the lead by four. Five and a half minutes remaining in this match. And Jane, you've gone white. Say something to me. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm shivering in the seat, Anna. And that will about do it. Crowd on their feet. Ruth Aiken, you have done what many before you haven't been able to do. The world netball title crosses the Tasman. The Silver Ferns rejoice. Yes, the whole country rejoiced and so did the team and the coaching staff. And we've got the skipper from that day, 20 years ago. She was Anna Robery then, she's Anna Stanley now. Oh, it seems a long time ago, Annie, but you celebrated properly in the weekend. We certainly did, Steffi, and uh, my voice is a little bit worse to wear at the moment after celebrating in, in good style. Uh, yeah, it was a it was a fabulous weekend reconnecting with 
uh, you know, some pretty special uh, people in our lives. Yeah, uh, just to remind people that the, the New Zealand squad there, and there's just some iconic players, Cheryl Clark, Belinda Colling, uh, the wonderful Tanya Dalton, uh, Vili Davu, uh, Liana Debrain, she is now deployed then, Temapara, Leslie Nicholl, yourself, Anna Scarlett, Jodie Brown, she was Tahuna then, the wonderful Irene Van Dyke playing her first World Chaps for New Zealand, and Nadine Wilson. I mean, it's a who's who of netball history. Um, and did you realise, like you were a player then, but looking back, did you realise how important that was at the time? Well, look, we hadn't won a world, um, a gold medal in 16 years, so there were a few senior players in that team um, and some real young ones. So you look at Scarlett, um, Jodie Brown, you know, they were they were the the real young ones in the team, and and for a few of us, we had already ticked off a few World Cup campaigns and lost. So we were sort of knew that this was going to be our last probably chance at, at getting a gold. So um, we knew heading into it that we had to pick a team and, and Ruth had to pick players that were going to go above and beyond. And she even sat down and, and we talked about it in the weekend at the reunion that she went around the country and she interviewed players and she she thought that she had to pick players that were going to put in that extra um, extra commitment because we had to do something different. And so she put her team of 12 together and there was just this innate belief in all of us that we were we were going to go all the way. We had prepared so well, we were the fittest we'd ever been and there, there was a real sisterhood and a real belief that we could do it. So that was something that came across and resonated over the course of the weekend when we all sat back and reflected that at no point did we ever think we were going to lose. Yeah, the, the World Champs in 95, we lost to Australia by one. 99, we lost by one. And a few minutes into this final, um, I was watching a few of the highlights this morning. 8-3, Australia were leading. Was there ever any doubt or any nervousness during the final? No. And and interestingly, you know, even, even though we were five down initially, um, we knew that we, we would get into gear at some point. We knew we had the strategy and we had the belief and we had the skill and the, and the, and the players to be able to do it. And I think that's what, you know, that was, that's what set us apart from other campaigns. I think in previous years we, we feared losing too much and it was not, um, it's more about, you know, believing that you can do it. And I think, you know, the old saying goes, you've got to lose a few to win a few and you've got to know, um, you don't know how to win until you've lost. And I think we'd just come to a point after 16 years and, you know, I was in that 95 team that lost. I was in that 99 team that lost. Mm. Um, and it was just time for the, 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 the tide to change. And we had to have a few players that had to lead the way. And we were lucky that, that we had the, um, you know, the players who were prepared to, you know, not work as hard in terms of um, working outside of netball. They, you know, they stopped working just so that they could concentrate on the netball and put in and be a professional athlete, even though we weren't getting paid as such. So, you know, we, we took a hit financially, but the reward was, you know, just something that you could, um, you know, you'd always wanted, and it was to be a world champion. Tell us about the impact of Temapara, long thought of and will be for a long, long time, as one of the finest mid-quarters we've ever produced. She was on a mission, and in fact, Liz Ellis said, and I watched an Aussie doco on that championship. So Liz Ellis said it looked like Temapara played like she wanted to win the championship by herself and dragged the team with it. She was on a mission, wasn't she? 
And we, we talked about that at the weekend. We said, what was going through your head when you had to sit on that bench, you know, for, for, for two goals? You know, it's a bit like, you know, what we, what we watched at the recent Rugby World Cup. Mm. Um, and she just sat there and she thought, well, I've let my teammates down. I've got to go back out there and, and, and make up for it. And, I mean, that's just the attitude that you want from any player, right? And she came on and she basically, yeah, was out there, a woman possessed and came away with ball and and just fought to the bitter end. But, you know, that's why she got put in that team because in those dying moments, Ruth knew and we all knew that she was a player that you could rely on. And and that's at the end of the day, we, we could rely on each other uh, doing our own job. But Bubby was... Um, Boy, in those last few minutes, she was doing she was doing quite a few people's job. <laughs> she was amazing. And Irene Van Dyke, I don't like to separate separate out players, but did you know yeah. she would have the career and the impact on on the game of netball globally in her first World Champs? No, because well, I, I mean, I I played against Irene in '95 when she um, played for South Africa, and that's the, that's the year that we actually didn't make the World Cup. And then in '99, she. Um, she came just after 99, I think, yeah. Um, and initially when I came into our team, you know, it took, took uh, New Zealand a while to learn how to feed her and, how, and she had to learn a whole new way of playing because in South Africa all she did was just stood under the hoop. So there were some real teething moments in those first two years with eyes, but I don't think anyone would have thought that she would have gone on to the heights that she did. And, you know, we looked at her on the weekend. She just looks so lean and trim and she looks like that she could run around a netball court at the moment and she was laughing going well all I needed to do was you know stand in this little circle but we're like no way eyes you were getting knocked and topped by some of the most fierce defenders in the world you know um, so she plays it down but I mean I look back at that era and think gosh the Silver Ferns wouldn't have probably been half as good had she not been there you know she was incredible and when you've only got two players in a netball team that can shoot the goal and one of those is like an Irene Van Dyke, or now is a Grace Nwicky. Mm. You know, you, you rely on them a lot. And um, it just goes to show you how important having that height in the back is and someone that, that you can depend on and, and is reliable. And, and she was there for us. She was lucky. She had a physique where she didn't get injured. She, you know, she got through unscathed. And even now, you know, we're all complaining about arthritic knees and joints and toes and ankles, and <laughs> she's just... Fine as dandy. So Run, running half marathons and stuff, for goodness yeah, sake. exactly. And she's always very quick. She's so humble, Irene. She's always, always saying, look, I wouldn't be in the player without the likes of Belinda, without Jodie, without Maria after this World Cup. Um, yeah. And Belinda Colling was phenomenal for this team. Yeah, I mean, I mean, there's just so many players that, that, that lead the way and, you know, Belinda was a real leader um, down that shooting end and really did help Irene out a lot. Um, and, you know, again, you could always rely on Bill on that centre pass. She didn't have the best, when you look back at her, the accuracy of her shots, she was never the most amazing accurate shooter. Mm. But what you what you got with Belinda was, was hard work. You know, at the end of the game, her face was, was bloody red and we always used to giggle about it because <laughs> she just gave everything and she was tough. Uh, she gave it to the Aussies in every match she could. Um, and, you know, I spent most of my netball career um, on that centre pass with Bill and by the end we just didn't even need to look at each other. We knew what we were doing. So, uh, you know, for me, she's always been a, um, a special player that, that I loved playing with. Looking back at the 2003 Champs, 
uh, and the, the last 20 years. I was amazed when I saw uh, 24 teams involved. We saw uh, St. Vincent and Grenadines. We saw Sri Lanka, mm-hmm. Bermuda, the Cayman Islands, uh, Grenada, Canada, Hong Kong, St. Lucia. Uh, we don't get 24 teams at the Worlds anymore. No, no. Um, yeah, I know. It's... it's I mean, the good thing about netball is that well, when I used to play, it was really just the top two players dominating. Mm. And what we've seen with the evolve, our sport evolving is that now we have a top six. Mm. And at the recent World Cup, you know, I mean, New Zealand didn't even make the final. So, um, no, they did, did they? No, they, no, they didn't. No. I can't even remember. Did no. they, were they in the final? No, no they weren't. No. I was there. I was there. <laughs> Um, this is what happens. You just go, what happened again? Um, but it just goes to show you how all these other countries have, have you know, come up to speed. And I think it's because we're seeing a lot of players, you know, play in Australia in the Suncorp League. We've got South Africans over there. Um, we've got Malawi players playing in England. And so that's, that's a great thing for world netball, that it's not just a two-horse race anymore. We're loving that. We just need to get in. I mean, if we want it to be an Olympic sport, we need to get into America. We need to hit hit the Americas, and and you know, and that that would really transcend our sport. Given that we were the one of the big two <clears throat> for a long, long time, and then England joined that fray, and then um, Malawi caused the upset at the Commonwealth Games. We know how strong Jamaica is, etc. Something needs to happen here. It's either we let international players into the ANZ Premiership or we need to let New Zealanders go and play in the Australian comp. But that's in a bit of uh, administration trouble at the moment. What, what's the easiest or most logical thing, do you think, for New Zealand netball, or is there one? Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a million-dollar question, Steffi. And, and let's not forget, we're not a professional sport. We don't have the money that, that, that other sports do, so we're always battling. Look, it would be great to say to our New Zealand players, you know, go over and play in the Suncorp, go and play in England, but, but we need our players to be playing in New Zealand. We need, we need our young netballers in, in New Zealand to be looking up to our New Zealand silver ferns that are playing in New Zealand. Mm. Or, or, we have, or we have a system where... We try and um, manage the league so that they are staggered so that you could play in the ANZ Premiership for the first half of the year and then you go and play in the Suncorp for the second half of the year. So they're, they're not on at the same time. But then trying to get these international bodies to work together, uh, it, would, it would potentially be a bit of a nightmare. So it, it's a tough one. I think at this stage we need to retain our key players and our silver firms in New Zealand playing alongside other Kiwi players and building, um, you know, building the standard in our own country. Um, but the opportunity needs to come at some point where, uh, you know, they, they can play overseas. The one that I don't think would be too tough would be at the end of the Premiership and at the end of the Australian comp, our top three play their yeah. top three yeah. in a mini tournament. Yeah. You can do some home and away or New Zealand can host in one yeah. venue over a week then. That shouldn't be too yeah. tough. Oh, I... I oh, know you're telling us we've been like a broken record, and we talk about it a lot on our netball podcast. We talk about it a lot on on Sky. Um, that is the easiest solution, uh, you know. End of the year, I mean, by sort of um, August September, most most of the leagues around the world are finished. So it's just slotting in a bit of a super club competition, or whatever you'd want to call it, before the international season kicks in. Um, and as you say, have have a home and away sort of situation. 
it would be incredible. Um, but I guess there's been so much going on across the ditch in Australia. I mean, their players haven't even been paid for the last eight weeks. So I think what needs to happen is in Australia is they need to sort out their administration. They need to sort out uh, Australian netball because it's been in, in a bit of a um, shitstorm, for a want of a better word. Yeah. And, you know, they need to sort that out for their players and for their sport in, in Australia first and foremost. And then they can start looking at, you know, how we can um, work together, you know, maybe the top four nations to, to, to help lift the standard of, of netball globally. And finally, and I've left it till last, <clears throat> intentionally, the wonderful woman, Tanya Dalton, um, who was part of that playing group. I was so stoked to see the big full-size cardboard cutout at your function, <laughs> wherever that was. What an incredible yeah. woman she was, and I'm so pleased she was part of it. Oh, there wouldn't. Yeah, she was never not going to be part of it. We even, we even got a message from Taylor, her her daughter. Um, uh, so we got a message from her all the way from uh, San Francisco, where she plays basketball. So we had the life the the life size model of of T in the lounge. Got lots of photos with her, and yeah, I mean it was really tinged with a bit of sadness that she wasn't there, given every other. 17 of us were there, six management and 11 players, and mm. it was just tons that was missing. And I think that just showed to us, you know, the love and the admiration that we all had for each other. Um, and that's what sport gives you, you know, when you retire and you finish up, the, the gift of friendship keeps on giving. And that's what we're all really lucky to have. Mm. Well, Anna, it might be 20 years ago, but it'll long live in your memory and a lot of other sports fans' memory. So thank you for all of that 20 years ago and everything you've done for the game right up to this very day. I uh, really appreciate you chatting to us and reliving some of those memories. Pleasure. Thanks, Steffi. There she is, uh, Annie. She was Annie Robery when she was the captain. Um, and just those names that were involved, you know, Tanya Dalton um, sadly passed a few years ago now, one of the most moving funerals I've ever been to. Um, and she was a massive socialite, was uh, Tanya Dalton. I got to work with her a little bit when I first started covering the netball uh, for the TV with Sky. And um, she was all about the aftermatch and just a joy to behold and I'll, I will always remember at North Harbour Stadium it was where her funeral was and the hearse did a lap of the um, a lap of the ground to Forever in Blue Jeans by Neil Diamond and um, the whole grandstand was full and everyone singing and waving waving her adios and um, yeah I, I love that she played a major part in that 20 year anniversary New Zealand Netball World champions. Right, we shall take a break and I'm going to quiz Joey about what went on in his weekend after this.